Christmas. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba. Happy Christmas. Woohoo! Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are only X number of days left until Christmas, and you know that means it's time for another Christmas Creep Stocking Stuffer edition. We don't know when this is going to be released, but this is a mini-episode in which we watch a an episode of a television show, a uh, Christmas-themed episode. I'm your co-host, Bradford, and here with me tonight is our lovely host, Joseph. Hello. My name is Joseph Wade. Yes, that's me. Uh, yeah, we do these uh, stocking stuffers because we're not sure, uh, you know, just to fill time, basically. But hey, we thought we would do a uh, stocking stuffer this week on uh, a classic TV episode because we do a lot of cartoons and stuff uh, on this thing. So we thought we would get real with it for a minute here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this stocking stuffer was actually requested by a listener uh, at Beastly Kingdom on on Twitter asked us to to do a, a stocking stuffer episode on. Uh, the Twilight Zone episode, Night of the Meek. Uh, so that's what, we're, that's what we're doing here today. Yes, it's a fantastic episode. Uh, season 2, episode 11. It's on Netflix if you want to go check it out real quick before we discuss it. You know, we'll be here. Now, I know that you and I had discussed doing Twilight Zone before. Yeah. Uh, but we had discussed a different episode. Spoiler alert. Uh, we had discussed whether or not Five Characters in Search of an Exit uh, was technically a Christmas episode of The Twilight Zone. And I was not I was not aware that a real, quote-unquote, Christmas episode of The Twilight Zone existed, because I hadn't seen this episode before. But, you know, th- the argument could be made. And, uh... <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, this episode, Night of the Meek, stars Art Carney as uh, a department store Santa Claus named Corwin, I think, was his name. Uh, that sounds about right. And he is... Your sort of stereo, I guess the stereotype starts here of of the, the stereotypical like sad drunk mall Santa. Yeah, because that seems to be a thing that that uh, movies and TV shows like to do a lot. It it really has become a trope of sorts in it. Yeah, right. Like we 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 couldn't watch this episode and not think of like an alternate version of Bad Santa. Bad Santa is not that far removed from this, except. In the obvious instance where the Santa is not bad, he's just drunk. Right. He's actually and a very he's actually a very good Santa. You might argue. he is a, he's a very good Santa, and he wants to be a better Santa. And circumstances kind of don't allow him to be anything more than a mall Santa, and that kind of depresses him around the holidays. Mm. Uh, and that's that's sort of what the, the thrust of the episode is about. Is this this depressed mall Santa, he you know, when we first meet him, he's at a bar and he's drinking and he's just d- depressed. And essentially why he's drinking is because, you know, he lives in sort of the Skid Row area of town and he sees, you know, hungry children in the streets that aren't going to get a Christmas this year. And all he wants is to be able to do right by these people, these kids, yes. these these sad old people that live in the boarding homes, the the poor children and all he wants to do as a mall Santa is sort of instill some kind of Christmas spirit among these people. Yes. Um, there's a bit of a, of a class commentary here because he's, he's a mall Santa. He's working in a high end department store and he has to deal with, you know, demanding mothers and a, an overbearing manager and all of these, these privileged people every day. But then, you know, he goes out into the street and he, he has kids asking him 
to give their you know their parent a job their their dad a job and and it, it depresses the hell out of him and that's that's why he drinks there's a part where in in the beginning in act the first act where he he tells his manager he says i can either i can either drink and i or i can weep and and the drinking is much more subtle than the weeping and and he goes on to you know kind of uh deliver a monologue about the the true meaning of christmas and the true spirit of christmas where it's not it's not about the commercialism it's not about the consumerism it's about it's about peace and goodwill towards men and and he wishes that the meek would inherit the earth to quote the bible right Um, and And so he's he's delivering the speech by the way as he's being fired because he's drunk on the job yes and and he he wants it known. He wants it known to his manager and everybody that he was never, um, he was never mean, rude, or, rude. or yeah. mean to the 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 lady or the, her child. He was just drunk, drunk, and he takes full responsibility for that. But he then goes on to make this excellent point. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and then the the twist of the episode happens, as all Twilight Zone episodes tend to do. Like the Twilight Zone is is you know known for being. Um, I don't know, what would you say, like, sort of the sort of gotcha sci-fi storytelling of the day, I guess? Yeah, it it usually is, but then, well, we'll get we'll get to it. Yeah, <laughs> this episode is a little bit different, but yes. for obvious reasons. Because uh, most Twilight Zone episodes tend to have a sort of dramatic hook where, you know, aliens invade or um, there's a... See, I don't. I don't want to just start like describing episodes of the Twilight Zone because I feel like it's one of those things that every everybody kind of knows about. You know, you, for anybody for some reason who is uninitiated, um, you should go watch episodes of the Twilight Zone because it, I think it's one of the the finest television shows of its age, if not period. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually for, they're sorry. Four of the four of the five seasons are, are of the original series are on Netflix, and I don't think there's a bad episode in the bunch. Yeah, so the, just take your pick. Um, for the uninitiated, the the structure of a Twilight Zone episode is usually there. We are introduced uh, to some characters. There's a twist, and then towards the end of the episode, if not at the very end of the episode, there is usually a counter twist in which the the true the truth comes out, or or the crux of the matter is exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, e- yeah, either so either somebody is is, is bestowed with a, a magical gift that then turns in on itself in some sinister way. Or there's some kind of strange coincidence happening, and then we find out the truth. Or it's yes. it's all done in a, in a way that like they can, for the time they can write these like one episode little stage plays to talk about social issues and uh, racism and all kinds of different you know heady subjects that you can't otherwise talk about in a sci-fi TV series. Right. Like Star Trek could never do what this show does, even though they they have their own you know set of um, uh, moralizing and messages as well on Star Trek, but Twilight Zone is a little bit more specific and it's a little bit more free in the things that it can do because it's it's an anthology series. Like no two episodes follow each other; right. they're all ind- individual and all sort of uh, of uh, you know. It, it, I guess the modern equivalent was what Black Mirror. You can you can draw those parallels. I think Black Mirror is is more hyper focused in its in its examination of technology, whereas Twilight Zone was very much more about social issues. Right. Um, 
But the I point mean, being, I... like Twilight Zone, generally speaking, it has has that kind of sci-fi horror sort of bent to it. Yes, yes, yeah. And and most of them end up being sort of monkey monkey's paw situations where, or, or quite a few of them, where it's it, it it you know something happens and then and then there's a twist and it's oh isn't this great and then at the end it's revealed oh no this is actually incredibly terrible or people are fucked up um, to excuse yeah, the language yeah. and. Anyways, that's, that's our one f bomb. We're allowed one f bomb on stocking stuffers. I actually, our stocking stuffers have been very family friendly up until now. In fact, <laughs> they should, they generally and, are. Yeah, and you know what? Actually, bleep that out. Let's <laughs> let's make stocking stuffers. Let's actually go ahead and and do it and make stocking stuffers. P. I don't know about PG, but these are the episodes that you can share with like family and friends. Yes. So like, I, we, I feel like we tend to take a little bit of grief uh, for our reg- or normal episodes because we swear so much. It gets and a little like, blue. I, it does get a little blue, but that's kind of our wheelhouse, and that's what we do. It's so I, yeah. fault. No, I'm I mean it's it's all of our faults, really, because we all enable each other. Yes, but we do. um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I, th- I think we we started out doing these ducking stuffers kind of with the idea in our head that we would do these would be lighter and a little bit less aggressive. I I think but... mostly because we were doing children's shows. <laughs> That's part of the reason. <laughs> and it feels yeah. kind of wrong to joke about that. So actually, you can't, my... you can't drop forty f bombs when you're talking about Rugrats, for example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just sounds so... bad. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, I'm sure someone's gonna go back into the other stuffers and go like, "Hey, you guys said said f a lot in yeah, those other episodes." But maybe. you know what? Fine. From here on out. Stuffers will be a little bit less blue. That a is our promise to you. Closer to safe for work, yes. Yes, cl- closer. C- CSFW. Somewhat safe for work. <laughs> closer to safe for work. All right. All right. Um, so we've, we've talked about it enough. So we, we've, we've established that there's, there's a twist coming. So the twist of the episode is, as Corwin is walking down the street, he discovers a, a, full, a filled sack that falls off of like a balcony onto the street and it spills out into you know cans and there's a cat in it for some reason yes and he's like oh geez it's a bag of garbage he walks away and then like the uh christmas music starts playing not that he can hear it (laughs) but he turns around he's like oh wait a minute let me take another look at this and it's filled with wrapped christmas presents well what do you know oh oh boy so he packs everything back in the sack and picks it up and makes off into the night and he goes to i i assume it's his boarding house it's the boarding home that he's yeah yeah it's it's the boarding house and there's a bunch of older men living there it's 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 a religious institution there's there's a a sister there um some guy comes in and and he's like oh i've been clean i haven't had a drop for a week so it's it's you know it's some sort of he's He's coming in to tell house. them that that Corwin's coming with a bag of of gifts, and they're like, "Right, believe me, I'm not drunk. Believe me, this is real." And right then here comes Corwin, and he starts handing out gifts. He, and you know, all the all the old men are like, "Oh, I want a pipe." It's, "Oh, you want a pipe? You here's a here's a pipe." "Oh, I want a sweater. What size of sweater?" "Oh, it doesn't matter. Just give me a sweater." And he hands yeah. him a sweater. Yep. yep. And he starts he handing out, out gifts a, to all these old men. Cane, a bottle of wine, which I thought was pretty funny for what was <laughs> assumedly a sober halfway house. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the sister doesn't believe this, so she she heads out, and she gets a cop, and she she narks him out to the cops. She does narc him out to the cop because Corwin is dirt poor, so how could he possibly? It's established at the beginning of the episode that Corwin doesn't even have two cents to rub together to pay his bar tab, 
Right. Uh, so his, everybody his four assumes bar tab. everybody assumes that he's up to some shenanigans, which which leads into the whole oh, you know, humanity kind, has issues with, with yeah. class issues. Um, kind of, kind of the counter twist of the episode coming up. Yes. So Corwin gets arrested or at least detained, right. uh, and and then uh, Corwin's former manager, who Joe informed me is the voice of Piglet from the original Winnie the Pooh series. Yeah, it's John Fiedler who is the voice of Piglet, and, and I think pretty much all of the Winnie the Pooh stuff until he died in I think two thousand five. Rips. Yeah, um, yeah. actually, it's Nathan Fiedler's dad. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what I I I really appreciate you telling me that factoid because as a as a young child, I was a big fan of Winnie the Pooh and all of its spinoffs. The mm-hmm. the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh was probably my favorite show when I was little. Fun fact. Hey, is there a, is there a Christmas episode of that? There's gotta be. <laughs> there has to be a Winnie the Pooh Christmas special. If not, I'm sure there's. If not, there. If there's not an episode of the Many Adventures, I'm sure there's like some made for direct to video Christmas special. Bradley, I'd be willing to bet my life <laughs> I, on it. I very nearly said your full name. Uh, <laughs> what? There are twenty. <laughs> Bradley Michelson Ford, I have discovered. Yes. Winnie the from 2002, Winnie the Pooh, a very merry poo year on YouTube. I to, I, t- I told you. <laughs> and it's let me guess, it's about 45 minutes long. It's an hour and 15 minutes long. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's going to be some extreme padding. <laughs> oh, some man. extreme so, stuffing because uh, they're all stuffed that's, animals. That's yeah. <laughs> Oh, to, to, as a quick aside, how about that? How about that weird Christopher Robin trailer? Uh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest and say no thanks. I don't want that. I don't. I don't know that I want it either. Even as a Pooh fan. All right, <laughs> let's get back on track. Back um, to Night of the Meek. So, he, so Corwin gets arrested, or you know, brought back to the police station, and they start having this back and forth over the. Well, where'd you get the gifts? I don't know. They just appeared, and. So the sort of the, the sort of counter twist of the episode is that, you know, he starts handing out these gifts, and he obviously must have stolen them because he doesn't have a receipt. He doesn't know where they came from. He's just handing out gifts out of this dirty bag because the pores, because because pores, and because he, you know, magic. What is magic? And well, they actually get into that. He's like, he's like, well, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but look, and they start looking through the bag, and there's all the cans, and 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 a the cat, cat climbs out of the <laughs> bag again, and it's just. We we I, I said that as a joke, but no, the the cat is still in the bag. Yes, the cat the cat is let out of the bag at that point too, um, because after they unload all of this garbage, uh, Corwin's basically like, yeah, I, I guess it's magic. And then the manager, Mister Dundee, uh, asks for a bottle of nineteen oh three sherry or cherry cherry brandy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Corwin, because Corwin's a man who knows his liquor, says that's a good year. Yes, and he immediately he immediately finds that bottle of brandy in the bag and hands it to uh, Mister Dundee and says Merry Christmas and just kind of wanders out. And yes, Dundee and the cop are just flabbergasted, and they open up the bottle because they, they say Mister Mister Dundee, I think you might need this, and and Corman's free to go pretty much. So he goes. Yeah, that, and, that's all the convincing they need. Yeah, so he goes and. Walks back to his own neighborhood and uh, starts handing out presents to children. 
right this is this this is kind of what i mean this is what he wanted to be doing he wanted to be handing out gifts to kids that otherwise wouldn't get them and in his monologue back in the store as he's being fired he he says he drinks not only so that he doesn't weep but he also drinks so that he can get drunk enough to think that he actually is santa and that right he's he's doing doing right by these kids and and providing them with a merry christmas by giving them what they could otherwise not not get. And you and you had mentioned at one point that you thought the twist was going to be that he was so drunk that he actually thought he was Santa Claus. And and I think I don't know if they were necessarily leading into this, but I think people had seen enough Twilight Zone episodes at this point where it had to be in the back of their minds as they're writing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually pleasantly surprised uh, to wrap up the rest of the episode. Um, Corwin hands out hands out the gifts and the, and the sack is depleted and that's that's all fine and good because he walks back to the the same place he found the sack well hang he on finds, oh, hang on hang on because okay he he meets one of the old men that he gave a gift to earlier and the old man is you know says hey there's there's nothing for you in that sack what what's the problem and yeah. corwin is just kind of like well this is this is what i wanted for christmas you know he he wanted to be santa, santa. and he got to be santa so that's yeah. best christmas he could have asked for and then Go on, Brad. <laughs> so so he walks back to the same alley where he found the sack. Um, and he finds a, a full sleigh, complete with reindeer, and an elf who appears and says, Hey, we hey, we've been waiting for you. What leaps what took, out from behind a garbage can. What took you so long? Sort of a Mr. B natural situation. Yeah. What took you so long? And, you know, is is jauntily hopping into the sleigh and brushing off Santa's seat. And uh and Corwin uh, is is a little bit conflicted, but ends up jumping into the seat and and you know what you Why know what not? Why not? And uh, we the last scene is uh, Dundee and the officer Flattery Flattery Fl- Flarity Flarity walking down the street. They're both drunk. Uh, the the bottle of of sherry or or brandy is half depleted, uh, and they they both see up in the sky. They're just they're just talking about it. Uh, Corwin flying off in a sleigh with an elf and and reindeer. And the twist, I guess, to this Twilight Zone episode is that there is no counter twist. Um, yes, he gets his wish, and not and... not only in the way that we see in the episode, but then also more than he ever could have possibly imagined. Yes, yeah, he 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 is Santa. He becomes the Santa. Yes. Um. And and closes out what may be one of the most uplifting and heartwarming Twilight Zone episodes in that I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely! And then it ends on a, a little Rod Sterling sort of coda that I'm I'm gonna track down and put on the end of this episode because it's just absolutely lovely. Yeah, it's it's, it's very good. It's <sighs> if I'm if I might be so bold as to use the word, this is a beautiful episode of television. I missed it up a little bit in the the opening monologue when when he's getting fired. It's it's mm-hmm. a good ass episode of a good ass show. Absolutely, like it's this is a real good one, y'all. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about just as from like a a sort of nerdy uh film and TV nerd kind of perspective. Uh, this was from the era of the Twilight Zone in the second season, where they decided that uh, as a cost cutting measure they were going to start shooting on video. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those episodes, and as a result, this episode looks kind of terrible. <laughs> it's all muddy, but the frame rate's really high. It's oh, it's oh, kind of yeah. gross compared to some of the other ones. 
but like not to mention like it it, it just it just looks like I mean the best way to describe it is it looks like they filmed the stage play or they videotaped the stage play. Oh yeah, or or and, um what's the other one? Or daytime soap operas. Soap operas yeah, are that's, all filmed that's on video. It. Yeah, it looks like a, a daytime soap opera looks today. And you know, like I said, part of that was as a cost cutting measure and uh, you know, they did it for six episodes and I think they realized that it looked horrible so they stopped doing it they only did it for six episodes i thought they did it for the entire second season well i'm i'm not up on my my twilight zone this is what i've been reading on uh, imdb and wikipedia but like this is from that middle of the run where they needed to save money because a lot of their episodes were going over budget so they decided to shoot this in a on video to save money Mm -hmm. and i think they realized at a certain point that the quality of the episodes was worth more than the production budget of the cheap episodes. So right. they decided to go back and start filming it again, the way they usually do on actual film stock. Did I ever and, tell you uh, about, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, no, no, that's it. Did I ever tell you about the twilight zone club, the secret underground twilight zone club I held in college? No, I didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. Um, so, so a group of friends and I, and, and actually we had a couple acquaintance or like friends of friends join at, at different points. There was about a year in when I was at college where we would, uh, in the evenings when we had, had some free time, we would, uh, we would shiv a door in one of the lecture halls and then go back in after hours, like 8 p.m., and uh, go to one of these huge lecture halls, like the big ones, like that hold, you know, 200 students with desks yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And it was like a movie theater sized screen. And I had a, a USB drive filled with every episode of The Twilight Zone. Ooh. And we would we would sit down and we would watch The Twilight Zone. We would just watch random episodes of The Twilight Zone for a few hours and uh, and hang out. And it was a real good time. I am I am legitimately jealous. I if only we could go back in time I would uh I would have you join us. If if I could have like if I could have had the foresight or forethought to try this myself, I would have started a King of the Hill club in college. Oh no, it was a, it was awesome. We also we also <laughs> watched a couple of MST3K episodes, but we mostly stuck to the Twilight Zone. Nice. Um nicely done. It sir. was it was a very good time. I think we only ever got sort of caught air quotes once when the janitor mm-hmm. came in and he was like what are you guys doing here and we're like watching the twilight zone he's like yeah you can't be here and we're like okay <laughs> <laughs> we kept doing it after that but we just of course yeah we just changed up the schedule a little bit so it was right it was a good time so if, if you can change the schedule enough that you get caught by other janitors then no none of the janitors will ever catch you doing it twice correct i, I don't think he really <laughs> cared I like, probably okay. not. He's just like, all right, whatever. So, you know what? Of, of all the TV shows you could be watching, I think that's probably the least inappropriate one. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, come on. There's half. I'm sure there were college courses about the Twilight Zone. It's so like philosophical in so many episodes. It's like right. I, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for the, all of the human ex- experience, but I feel like if there's any TV show that most everybody can get behind, it's the Twilight Zone. I don't think I've met anybody that doesn't like the twilight zone my dad when he was a kid when it was on its original airing he said right. that the, the opening creeped him out <laughs> it's like oh the actual content of the episodes didn't creep you out but the opening did he's like yeah it is kind of disconcerting that opening theme you know yeah 
Also, the very good pinball machine, we must say. It one of the is best one of, pinball machines. One of the absolute mwah, best pinball machines ever. <laughs> I knew exactly what you're doing. A chef, <laughs> chef finger kiss. Chef's kiss. Yes. Mm. Um, absolutely. We could we we could talk. See, there's a couple the couple of things we could talk about all day. Kind of mer- can like merge and convene into one thing, and it's the Twilight Zone pinball machine. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh man, yeah. But the, this is the Night of the Meek is one of those episodes that you don't see on like when Sci Fi Channel does their like marathons. I think they do it. I f- I feel like they show it when they do their marathon around New Year's. But uh, when they do the Fourth of July marathon, this is one they leave out for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, nobody really wants to watch a Christmas episode of Fourth of July. No, I mean except for us. But we're, we for realize us. we're crazy. Mm. We are the weirdos. Um. So I guess. The the last question I have to ask, Brad, is the question we always have to ask ourselves. Uh, if you were throwing a Christmas party, would you put this episode on? Absolutely. No doubt. I might. I would say no, actually. Really? There are kind of two circumstances I would like binge watch Christmas episodes of shows. One is like in a party setting where I would definitely put on like, um, you know, uh, some of the like the Pete and Pete episode or um, some of the other things we've watched. And then the other the other sort of more quiet Christmas setting where I'm just watching Christmas episodes by myself at home with a drink. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like low-key. It definitely, definitely fills in that second one, but I feel like I'd put it in the first one just to appear like a little more like cultured a little, and a, a little, little more, more cultured. erudite. Yeah, and, and cerebral. It's like, oh, look at him. He put the Twilight Zone. Good. Oh, he's, he he knows. This um, is a man who clearly knows his Twilight Zone. Yes, this is a man of. This is a man who knows his television. A man of good taste. <laughs> yes. Forget forget the episode of the Rugrats and Hey Arnold that he put on there. This is uh, <laughs> this is some classic black and white television here. The part the party like gets low and everybody sits down and gets quiet and everybody just gets absorbed into that Twilight Zone. Mm, yeah, just savor that Rod Serling drawl. Mm. Just mm, enjoy all of the the snowflakes that are definitely definitely coconut shavings mm-hmm. and just muse on mm. the human take, existence take, and t- take us out rod take us home rod hate yourself for being so materialistic and wealthy mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. let the twilight zone take you I'm, away see i'm 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 one of the good ones i'm i'm thinking about i'm thinking about class conflict even if i'm not acting on it mm. Mm. i'm inviting all of my ri- <laughs> no I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm taking this to a terrible place so let's uh let's not <laughs> Oh my god. But no, this is absolutely one of the best not the best Twilight Zones, but the best episodes of TV I think ever. Here's here's the thing. I okay. think it's a great episode of television. I, it's it's a middling episode of the Twilight Zone because it doesn't have I guess it subverts expectations, which is good, but I wouldn't think of it in like the pantheon of great Twilight Zone episodes. You know what? That's fair. That's I, I realize I'm overstepping my bounds. I really just didn't really enjoy this episode. So it's a good episode. Knowing that knowing that there are like episodes of the Twilight Zone that sort of better exemplify what that show is and what it does, I totally get that. I agree. You're right. <laughs> Favorite episode of the Twilight Zone? Ooh. This is gonna sound weird because it's it's not not everybody's first like pick. My okay. favorite episode of the Twilight Zone is an episode called The Lonely. Okay. And it's about uh, this guy who is imprisoned on a space in, who's who's like been imprisoned on Mars or the moon or some other like off-planet prison by himself. 
Yeah. And like once once a month or so, like they they bring him supplies, and one and one one shipment they bring him a robot woman to keep him company. Uh huh. Keep going. And he falls in love with this robot woman until his prison sentence is over, and there's only room for one. There's only one seat on the shut the shuttle back to Earth, and he has yes. to leave her behind. Ugh, hmm. it's it's a gut punch. Yeah. It's a real gut punch. Uh, Brad, favorite episode? Uh, I, I'm going to be very stereotypical and say it's a good life. The 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 very famous psychic psychic boy who sends people to the cornfield. That's a okay. real good one. That's a real good one. Um, man, it's so creepy, so good. Uh, it's it's one that they they remade for the movie, which I feel like that that segment of the movie is probably the best part of the movie too. Mm. Yeah, I I mean I know it's it's very. I would. I. It's not an overrated episode. It's no. A it's, lot of people say it's the best. Ep- one of the best episodes of the series, and I have to agree. It's, oh, good episode. Absolutely. So, um, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of uh, Stocking Stuffers. So, uh, if you want to get at us on Twitter and tell us your favorite night, uh, your favorite night of the meek episode, <laughs> or your favorite Twilight Zone episode, please uh, get at us at Christmas Creeps. Uh, find us on Facebook.com slash Christmas Creeps or email us xmascreeps at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite Twilight Zone episodes are. And uh, if you've got a request, you know, hey, we, we are obviously doing we're obviously in the business of doing requests. So please send them our way TV shows or movies you want us to cover and we'll cover them. Um, so uh, for Christmas Creeps, I am Joseph Wade. I think there's something on the wing some (laughs) i'm bradford (laughs) have a good night everybody night to all the children of the 20th century, whether their concern be pediatrics or geriatrics, whether they crawl on hands and knees and wear diapers or walk with a cane and comb their beards. There's a wondrous magic to Christmas and there's a special power reserved for little people. In short, there's nothing mightier than the meek.